Hey, Go Church family, welcome back to week one of our podcast. This is Gilbert, and I'm here with Pastor Matt Hadabo. Hey, everyone. Didn't we have a great time at our big Sunday gathering? Man, so I, I, I love when the whole family comes together, and it was great to have our guests from the outside, which, I mean, it's special because uh, you and everyone that's listening to us come but when we have special guests come from the outside, it's just a wonderful time. And that's, that's really the great thing about our big Sunday gatherings where we get to celebrate together. That's right. Uh, in case you missed our, the message on the big Sunday, you can always listen to it on our podcast channel right here. So don't ever feel like you missed out. Of course you want to be there when we have special guests it's a great time and even when we're just getting together every single month there's all there's always something that the lord is trying to do that he's trying to say uh, and that he's trying to get you to do as well so being part of that is important but for whatever reason in case you missed it you can always go back and listen to what happened especially you know uh, with these amazing messages that that pastor matt is sharing or share it with someone else. That's right. We're not going to make too many announcements today, uh, but what I will say is that today's part one out of part three, out of three parts for our August series called Charged. Last week, we introduced the series and we started talking about um, what it's about. And I, I love what Pastor Matt said, you know, in June, we talked about able through. In July, we talked about able to. In August, now we're talking about able why. Yeah. Right? Uh, I really like that. And the, the why or the purpose of what we've been talking about ability is to seek and save the, those that are lost. I'm quoting a verse there that that is the heart of God. The heartbeat of God is to reach out to people that don't yet know. It was a time when you and I didn't know. Yep. And there are people today, they woke up and they don't know what you know. They haven't experienced the unconditional love of God. They haven't had a chance to grow in his love. And it's up to us to go get them and give them what we have received freely. Yeah, that's right. Um, this week, a lot of the team is going to be in Turkey for the Holy Spirit Conference. So there are a few grow groups that will most likely get canceled uh, and just won't be happening. So if you're unsure about it, I encourage you to reach out to your grow group leader or your grow group helper or your grow group host and find out if your grow group is happening. But, uh, but if not, don't worry. There's always next week and next week we're gonna get right back to it. So let me start off uh, what we're gonna talk about today by actually reading out the purpose for the month of this series. You know, purpose is so important because everything flows out from purpose. And um, we always want to make a, make a big deal and make sure that the why of something is very clear. That's right. We're doing all this on purpose. We believe that, you know, we're not just speaking because we feel like speaking, but there is a time where, where the Lord is actually going to say what he wants to say 
to his church. At the end, go church is the Lord's church and is the Lord's body. And you are members of that body. And there is a requirement for today. There is a word. There is a new word for a new work today. And that's what the Lord is trying to get across. So we're doing all of this with purpose, deliberately and expectantly, because we're expecting to see the church come up and go further. Like we just talked about that word emerge yeah. some months ago, and we're not letting go of that. Right. So what is the purpose of the series? We want everyone in the Go Church family to know that God has given us power to go. We can receive power to emerge into our place individually and as a church, give power to help others emerge and learn to stay charged with that power so that we can go further. Last week, we introduced the key scripture for this month, which is in Acts chapter one, verse eight. And I'm going to read that out. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. This is Jesus talking to his, his disciples. This is Jesus talking to us right here, right now, today. And we're going to focus on those two words at the very beginning of that verse today, which is receive power. We're going to talk about how we receive power and what it actually looks like. But the first thing I will say is we need to stay connected to the power source if we expect to receive power. Yeah. And in this analogy, the power source is the Holy Spirit. Like Pastor Matt said last week, he introduced this idea that we receive the Holy Spirit as a gift, right? This baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift that is given to us by the Father. And Jesus told his disciples, stay in Jerusalem, don't leave, don't move, don't go anywhere, don't do anything until you've received this gift or the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the promise, then you are equipped to go out. And the, the first thing I will say is that there is a, um, a requirement in order for us to receive the gift. And that requirement is for us to be born again. So Pastor Matt, what does it mean to be born again? Well, John chapter three, verse 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that those who would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The, the message of salvation or what Jesus in John chapter three calls the new birth is simply this, believing that what God did in Jesus is for me. And then saying with our mouth that he is Lord. That's, I'm quoting from Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, it says that with the heart we believe unto salvation and with the mouth confession is made. <clears throat> so the new birth is something that we receive from God by faith. And when we receive, we are, 
according to Paul in Colossians, we are translated, supernaturally moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We move from the uh, place of enmity, there's a fun word, fun by word, uh, a place of being against God to being part of his family. And the best way I can explain it is the new birth changes me from a place where I have to call God, God, to where I can be like Jesus and call him Father. Yeah, that's so good. So that's uh, that goes back to that word born, right? When you're born, you're born into a family. Into a family. Yeah. Uh, I really like this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 because uh, it points us back to exactly what we're talking about, about receiving the gift, receiving power, which is receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13 say this. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. I wanna really focus on those last words that we were we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. This is it. Once we are born again, we come into the body. We come into the our place in the family and in the body of Christ. And in doing so, first of all, it is the Holy Spirit that brings us into our place. Yeah. That's us being born again. But then we are also able ourselves from that place to start receiving from the Holy Spirit and drinking from the Holy Spirit. So we are drinking deeply from that uh, gift from the Holy Spirit that is given to us. There's a difference between being born again of the Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit and drinking from the source of power, who is the Holy Spirit, to see something change in our lives and to be able to walk in that and impact others yeah. as well. Two clear scriptural examples we can look at um, to highlight this is uh, John chapter four and John chapter seven. And I would encourage you to take the time to look at this on your own. And John chapter four is the account when Jesus and the disciples arrive in Samaria and they meet the woman at the well Jesus meets the woman at the well, and he explains to her that um, that well has water in it, but the water that you get out of that well that they were standing over, it, you drink it, but you get thirsty again. He said, for those that believe on me, there'll be a well of living water. And if they have that water on the inside of them, it will satisfy them. So there is a, that, and that is a perfect picture. If you go in and look at it, um, John chapter four is a perfect picture of what the new birth or being born of the spirit is. You read the verse there in Corinthians, we have all been 
immersed and mingled. That word is often translated baptized. Mm -hmm. We are baptized into Christ. We're baptized into Christ by who? Who does that? The Holy Spirit. Paul says that when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit does something supernatural. He immerses, baptizes us into Christ. What happens when we're baptized into Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The old is passed away and all things are made new. Yeah. The picture of baptism there is really beautiful because when you are immersed and mingled into Christ, you are no longer identified separately or individually. You are only identified in him. Separate from that is being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which Jesus talks about in John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, I would encourage you to look at this. It says, on the last day of the feast, he stood up and shouted that those that would believe on him out of their belly would flow rivers of living water. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit, by John, provides some commentary there. He says this, he's talking about the Holy Spirit who had not yet come because Jesus was not yet glorified. We can see this played out actually in the lives, in the life of the disciples of Jesus following the resurrection. In John chapter twenty, um, in John chapter twenty, Jesus appears to the disciples, and um, in verse twenty-two it says, "And when he had said these things, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Spirit." This is a picture, not a picture. This is an account of the new birth yeah. of Peter, James, John, Bartholomew. These guys that are gathered here in the room where Jesus appears, they receive that baptism into Christ by the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah. They receive the 2 Corinthians 5:17 experience. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 hadn't been revealed. In fact, Jesus told them, he said, there are so many things that I want to share with you and you aren't able to hear them yet. Yeah. And even after this, you know, we talked about it last week in the podcast. Even after this, these guys are still focused on like politics. You know, hey, hey are we going to change the government now? Yeah. Jesus said, no, we're going to change the world. How? By the Holy Spirit. And we have a well on the inside of us in salvation. And in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that well becomes a river. That's so good. That's so powerful. We, we see that, you know, uh, what you just said in John 20, 22. And he said, you know, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That actually happened before Acts chapter one, verse four and five, right. right? Where he says, you know, stay in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Obviously I'm paraphrasing this, but don't move, you know, wait until you've received 
the promise of the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then once you've received that power, be, be my witnesses and go out to the ends of the earth. So we notice that here they did receive the Holy Spirit, but they didn't receive the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that we notice, like you said, throughout scripture. Actually, you, you even notice that in the life of Jesus, that he was conceived and born of the Spirit. It's not like he had an earthly father, right? Mary was, you know, she, she received the, she received, she had Jesus by the conception of the Holy Spirit. So he was actually born of the Spirit. He was seed of the Spirit. But mm -hmm. there's a difference between being born of the Spirit in that situation and being filled or having the Holy Spirit come down on him. So when he was baptized uh, by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, John the Baptist, you know, gives an account of, I saw the Holy Spirit come down on him like a dove, but he was already born of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, whole, the Holy Spirit literally gave, you know, was the, uh, was the birth giver in this situation. Um, but at that moment in time, when he was around 30 years old in the River Jordan, he was now filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is when his ministry became visible. And that is when his, you know, that was the starting point to the miracles and to the power he walked in and to the anointing that flowed in and flowed out up until the point where he was uh, crucified and died and was resurrected. So there is a difference between being born of the spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see that being filled with the Holy Spirit is very visible or very apparent in our lives facing outwards, right? It's very much a, um, sorry to go back to our, our love grow go, but it's very much the equipping and the empowering of the go portion yeah, of our lives. That's right. I want to um, I want to make a couple of comments about this just um, to highlight some points that I have I have heard people say and and make people think wrong as a result. First, um, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's a Bible term. The the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that occurs after we receive Jesus or we are born again. Yep. So there are two works and one must happen before the other. So, so sorry to cut you, Pastor Matt, but you just said that there is a well and there's a river. So the river can't start flowing until the well overflows. That's right. That's very well said. John chapter four, we see the well uh, Isaiah 12 talks about the well of salvation. But then Jesus said, there is a, there's a time for rivers to flow. And the rivers speak of that uh, power of the Holy Spirit. And where is the river flowing? It's flowing out yep. from us, right? And um, 
like one minister, he said that, you know, we don't want the anointing so we can just sit in our bedroom by ourselves and just say, whoo, I sure do feel the power of God. No, the power of God comes on us so it can flow out from us and touch, affect a lost and a hurting world. Jesus has called us to be witnesses with his power. So the second thing, the second point I want to make is Jesus is saying, now wait here until power comes on you. And I've seen that some people have taken that and said, well, we have to, uh, we have to wait. And when God is ready, he will put power on us. But that's not, that's, you're adding to the scripture if you say that. Jesus said, wait and what, what were they waiting for? They were waiting for God to give the gift. The, the gift, which was on God's calendar for the day of Pentecost after the high Passover where Jesus was our sacrifice. So the period between the resurrection or the, the crucifixion of Jesus and the day of Pentecost is 50 days. What's remarkable to me is if you read the New Testament, you see there were 500 people that saw the resurrected Lord. But by the time you get to Acts chapter 2, so in nine days, in you know about nine and a half days, between the ascension of Jesus, which is here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, <laughs> to Acts chapter 2, the number went from 500 to 120. Mm -hmm. He said, wait, why? Because there's power coming. He didn't say that everyone had to wait forever. He said, you, it's a, you have to wait until Pentecost, which is happening in 10 days. And power came and some people that had received the well found other things to do other things got their attention in about a week's time yeah isn't that amazing yeah it's it's sad actually what are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah they never allowed that they never allowed that gift to be poured in to the point where the well can now overflow and well, go outwards. And this, you know, we've been talking about how this message connects to Abel. This goes back to that rooted message, rooted 2.0. Because these, the, the, the number 500, uh, the Apostle Paul says about 500 people saw the Lord when he ascended. They received this supernatural well, but there was enough draw and pull from the world around them where other things just got their attention. And when power was poured out, it was this group that was doing what he said. Yep. The key to miracles in your life. You want to see the supernatural? You want to see God move? The key to seeing that is just do what he said. 
That's good. No, that's right. Uh, you know, you, you said something about people wait, uh, and there's that misconception about receiving baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, wait only that one time, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in Acts, like we read chapter one, verses four and five. And then he says, but then you'll receive and then go. And like we mentioned last week in the introduction, we see some teaching on these things, but we see a lot of examples and demonstrations of these things across the book of Acts. Nowhere else in the book of Acts where there was a, you know, th there were accounts of people who were filled or baptized with the Holy, in the Holy Spirit, uh, that they had to wait. That's exactly it, right. It's just something that they had to receive. Yes. So in Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter 9, in Acts chapter 10, and in Acts chapter 19, we have detailed accounts of people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even Acts chapter 2. Right? And groups. Yeah. After Acts chapter 2, no one waited. That's Everyone right. received at the point where they got into faith. And faith comes by hearing God's word. And God's word is that the Holy Spirit is a gift, and that gift has already been given. That's given right. to who? To all those who believe on Jesus. And so this message that we're talking about, charged, I want to let you know first, if you've never confessed Jesus to be your Lord, you don't know that you know that you're born again, that you, that you can call God Father boldly, you can do that right now. Mm -hmm. You can do that right now with us, just listening to this. Salvation, anyone can receive because the work of salvation has already been done. That's so right. all we have to do is receive. And we receive by saying, I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead and he's Lord. That's right. And according to the scripture, when you say that with your mouth, the Holy Spirit immerses you into Christ, and then you become eligible to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the only thing you have to do to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to receive, because the gift of the Holy Spirit has already been given. Yeah. And because he's already been given, then we can just follow Jesus' simple instructions. He said that, you know, wicked, just common people that have children, when their children say, hey, I'm hungry, you don't give them a rock, you give them a piece of bread. He said, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit right. to those who ask? That's right. So if you're wondering where that is, you can look at that in Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through to 13. And like we're emphasizing, the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a gift. And that's a gift that you can receive once you've received Jesus. Uh, because it's the same water source, it just flows different. Um, this, this week, we're, we're actually focusing on receiving. So yes. receiving power. It's very difficult to talk about receiving power without giving power because the receiving was designed to flow outwards. I mean, we're talking about a river that flows outwards. But let me, let me read this verse in uh, Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. And it's very, you know, Psalm 23 is a very popular uh, verse. 
sorry, it's a very popular uh, song, but you know, we can see this, what we're talking about in there. So uh, verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. In, in the Old Testament and generally in scripture, when we look at oil, we refer that to the word anointing, which is, it literally means to pour out oil or to like drench in oil, right? And that, that is the image of the Holy Spirit coming on you. So we see that image where, where God himself pours out anointing or oil or so the Holy Spirit over us. And there's such a flow that it starts filling my cup, you know? And then my cup runs over. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't the Lord know that there's enough in my cup? Of course he knows. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's exactly what he's doing. He's actually allowing your, your own cup to be filled before it pours out or flows, pours over. And what happens when the, the cup overflows? It goes out from the cup and impacts the environment. That is literally the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The purpose is for it to flow out and overflow. But this week we're focusing on the fact that my cup is full. Yeah. Because in order for this overflow to happen, first my cup needs to be filled. If my cup is filled, that means I have everything I need in terms of power to see change or to see impact in my life and to see things happen in my life personally. The, this is so, so important. And this is something that we can see in scripture. And actually, Pastor Matt, you had uh, brought up this illustration about Peter, mm-hmm. right? And about how we see change in his own life personally, once the power, he received the power. So I'm using that, those words from Acts chapter one, verse eight, he received the power by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So um, just for the sake of time, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a little bit from uh, Mark chapter 14, and then also uh, John uh, 19 and 21. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, it clearly shocked Peter. Which is amazing to me because Jesus repeatedly said, I'm going to be turned over to the Gentiles. I'm going to be crucified and I'll raise again the third day. And the the disciples are like, I wonder what he means. (laughs) So when, when he is arrested, you know, and there's the whole sword scene where Peter uh, takes out the sword and cuts off the guy's ear which, you know, he was clearly not trying to cut off the guy's ear. (laughs) But he's a fisherman and not a ninja. So he's not very good with the sword. Jesus heals the man's ear and tells Peter, put your sword away. Now, the action continues and the story follows Jesus, right? The, the story is about what happens to Jesus. He goes and he's taken before the religious leaders and they have this mock trial. But the Bible says something very interesting to me in Mark, which, by the way, uh, 
it was written by um, a guy named Mark, but Bible scholars agree that it was dictated to Mark from Peter. So Peter's account yeah. of that day, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is in Mark chapter 14, it says, Peter followed from a distance. So here you have, remember Matthew 16, um, Jesus says, who do men say that I am Jesus? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Even later, when Jesus said, um, you know, hey, uh, these things are going to happen to to me. And Peter said, I'm ready to even die for you. Right. But when people came with swords, people came with natural authority and they seized Jesus. And now he's like in that justice wheel in that system. Peter isn't right there next to him saying, hey, me too. <laughs> He's at a distance. In fact, again and again, the scripture repeats this. It says that Peter stood by a fire and warming himself. There's a message there that if your cup's not full, you're going to be looking for natural things to serve you. Mm-hmm. To look to, I'm going to try to fill myself because I'm empty. I'm not overflowing. And so I'm going to look out here and, and try to serve myself. It says again and again, he warmed himself, warmed himself. He was in lack. He was lacking something. He was missing something. And that's where he denied the Lord. Yeah. Hey, aren't you one of his disciples? This little girl came up to him and said, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? He said, no. That happened three times, right? He lacked courage too. He lacked courage. He wasn't willing to stand up. He wasn't willing to be identified with him. That's, that really happened yeah. to Peter. Yeah, yeah. And um, what I think is interesting is after the resurrection of Jesus, an angel at the tomb says, go to one of the women that came and found the tomb empty. He said, go and tell his disciples and Peter. How important do we think our words are? How much weight does God put on our words? Peter disassociated himself and said, I am not one of his disciples. He said that, I am not one of his disciples. After the resurrection, an angel said, go tell his disciples. And then this other person that didn't include himself in that anymore. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. Like apply that to our own words today. How much of what we say do we put a lot of you know weight on and then compare that to how god sees our words you know you said this uh last month in our podcast that jesus is the high priest of our confession he works with what we say yeah that's right so 
when Jesus rose from the dead, Peter has completely separated himself from the Jesus movement. He has officially hit unsubscribe. (laughs) And yet, thank God, the basis for our relationship with him is not our performance, it's his love. And on purpose, they said, make sure you get Peter there. And this John chapter 20, verse 22, he's there when Jesus digs that well on the inside of him, that well of salvation. And there's a change that you see. Instead of Peter now being this uh, quiet, timid, withdrawn character that doesn't want anything to do with him, now Peter is among the disciples right? And the Bible says in in Luke that they were in the temple worshiping and praising God. So there's a a clear change. You can actually uh, see that it says, with joy, they were worshiping the Lord. So that's an evidence of salvation. Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 6, talks about the fruit or the result of salvation or the result of that well being on the inside is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, self-control. So Peter starts evidencing that well on the inside. But what Peter is not doing is doing anything outside the temple. He's not doing anything out in the streets. He's not organizing big meetings of, hey, you religious leaders, you're all wrong. Jesus is Lord. Until the day of Pentecost fully came. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, and there came a sound from heaven. (laughs) It says as a rushing mighty wind, if you think about life in the first century, what is the loudest thing? Thunder. The yeah. loudest thing is weather. Yeah. It's louder than any man-made sound. And everyone heard it. Everyone. Not just the people in the upper room. That's what got the attention of all the people that were from all over that were in Jerusalem that yeah. day. The culture had gathered a group of people from all over the known world for that day. And then the Spirit of God is poured out and there is an experience where that well on the inside of Peter became rivers. Yeah, the timing was perfect. And he goes out and he begins to preach. And if you If you read, if you want to hear, man, I'd love to hear Peter preach. Just read the second chapter of Acts. And he preaches repentance to all of these people that he had been hiding from just days before. Yeah. Days before. Two months ago, he's afraid that he's going to be arrested and put on trial just like them. 
like just like what they're doing to Jesus. Now he's standing in the middle of a festival and he's boldly proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. That's such a powerful image of charged. Yes. Right? That he he got charged with the power of the Holy Spirit and that created a change in him. Yes. So he did a lot and impacted a lot actually like between, you know, where he was and where he went after that experience on the day of Pentecost, he impacted thousands of people within days. And like so many people came to faith in Jesus because of that message. And it's not only Acts chapter two, he also preaches in Acts three, Acts four. Yeah. <laughs> and it keeps going and like, actually every single opportunity, like you, you hear him go like, and he starts talking, you know, and that, and that it's not just talking, like all of a sudden he is like so knowledgeable. He has such revelation of the Psalms and such revelation of um, the law and what Moses said and what the prophet said and the fulfillment of prophecies in the Old Testament where he reveals them in, in the actions and in the things that are happening. And you see the, the Holy Spirit pour out power in him. And that change is just so evident in his character and how he does things and how he tunes his life. You know, compared to where he was, you know, you notice like great strengths in his character, but you also notice these inconsistencies where one minute he's like, I will be with you. I will, I'm ready to, to, to fight and, and die next to you. And then the next minute it's like, nope, nope, don't know him. Don't know him. Don't know him. The next minute is Peter, do you love me? I love you. I love you. <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, you, you know, to some degree, a lot of us are, are you know, we, we see that in us, but the Holy Spirit gives him that level of strength and consistency. I, I know we're, we're running short on time. I did want to share this quick personal illustration as well about, you know, what the Holy Spirit did for me. Uh, I've already mentioned this story, maybe in the last six months, even on podcasts, but it's always good to go back and, and see what the Lord's done and, and see it from different perspectives. Cause we're talking about the power of the Holy spirit and we're talking about manifestations of the Holy spirit in operation in our lives. And that was a, a time when I was really struggling. I wanted an answer from the Lord. I didn't know whether I should stay in Lebanon and do certain things here and continue working here or just pack up and leave and go somewhere else and, and move away. And, uh, I'd asked, uh, I'd asked you, Pastor Matt, and I, I always go back to that answer where you said, oh, you know, first Peter five, seven, cast all your cares on the Lord and pray in other tongues. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, I need, I need answers. I don't, I don't need, you know, these, uh, these random things, like these random principles or whatever, you know, but I said, okay, fine. I, I guess he might, he might know something I don't, <laughs> I, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, and I actually applied that. So I, I started praying in other tongues. I said, you know, Lord, like I, I decide from now that whatever you want me to do, once it's clear to me, I will do that thing, but I just need to know what to do. And it wasn't like six minutes or seven minutes. And I went from praying in tongues to saying the word, stay, 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 stay. And I wasn't aware that I was saying an English word 
up until the sixth like state, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. I stopped praying in tongues. I'm like, let me continue. And I couldn't just pray in tongues. It, would, it just kept going, stay, stay, stay. And like what that is by, by definition is tongues and interpretation of tongues. That is the power of the Holy Spirit working. So that is the manifestation of the Spirit working in my life. And that was for my benefit. So that was an instance of me receiving the power of God to give me wisdom so that I could benefit from an answer from him concerning his will in my life. Yeah. We can all experience that on a daily basis. We can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives if we actually connect ourselves to the power source. That's so good. Let me, let me read this verse. John chapter 14, verses 10 and 12. This is Jesus right before he's arrested. He said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. We live too low. Period. We're called to live higher. The salvation that God has provided in the redemption of Jesus is not something that is for when this life is over. It is for today. And it is not something that is just for ourselves, but it is meant to be something that flows out from us and that we touch those around us in overflow. There is power from God available to make us see, know, and do the works of Jesus and even greater works. Jesus yeah. said, I don't speak on my own authority. So what are you, what are you doing? I'm saying what I hear my father say. That's what we're supposed to be doing. He said, the works that I do, I'm not doing them because I decided to do it. I do it because I see my father doing them. That's what we're supposed to be doing. How? We need to get charged up. That's right. And as we're charged, we raise up and live on his level. Not this like time beneath. And the example that you give, um, I, as we close, I just want to encourage you. What we're talking about here is being charged with the power of God 
for a purpose, and that purpose is to do His will, not ours. And His will is to reach out. His work will change us. And that change will make us like Him. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, there's a lot more I could say about this, but we will save that for next time. And uh, if no one told you, we do love you. We're believing the very best for you. And we'll talk to you when we get back. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. We want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to the rest of their world. We invite you to connect with us at one of our groups or our next gathering. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and believe God's very best for you.